Well, hello there, and welcome to our podcast, all about blockchain technology. Here, we humble adventurers trying to make sense of this revolution and the crypto markets funding it. Once a week, we review the major news in this space, discuss how to trade more successfully, and share our top guesses for which coins we think might do well. Now, none of this should be taken as financial advice. Well, very little of it should be taken as any kind of advice at all. But what you do get is our research, insight, and electric chat on the mysteries of the blockchain and its wider impact on the world and its future. So without any further ado, sit back, chill, do whatever you need to do to get right, relax, and let's get on with doing this. Uh, hello, uh, how are you doing? This is episode four of Doing Bits. As always, you're listening to Jason Jude and my good friend, Kieran Moabit. How are you, Kieran? Hello. Not bad, thanks, Jason. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing I'm doing pretty good. I mean, we do normally have a bit of a structure to this whereby we discuss like bits of new tech or um, a particular feature. But considering how bad the bloodbath has been across the crypto space, I think we'd be pretty remiss if we didn't start off by talking about that. Um, I, I'm kind of struck by people referring it to a shitcoin and um, just being in a rage, really, at what the prices are doing. What is your take on it? What What do you think is going on? I'm not 100% certain, to be honest. I think there's clearly a lot of uh, negative sentiment around it, and it just I thought it bottomed out around the £5,800, so I think that would be about $8,000, roughly speaking. Yeah. But then suddenly today it just started to drop again. I don't know if the... Uh, if a lot of people would just, when it didn't bounce back up that much, just thought, I'm, I'm, I'm gone here, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out, and it's just people, <laughs> people tapping yeah. out. I, I've, the more I've been thinking about it is, normally with a product or a service, there's some real-world applications, so then there comes a point whereby that's the bottom. That's the point at which people are going to buy, because you're like, okay, I can see how that's going to be of use. But as it's so speculative in the crypto space at the moment, it's got no ass, basically. Yeah, there isn't necessarily an actual bottom to it because you don't know yet um, what the tokens would be used for. So it's all completely speculative. So people have got in late, or people have got in, you know, at the all-time high, and like hearing crazy stories of people who've like sold their house. Have you heard that? Someone sold their house and then put all that money in um, Bitcoin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because they were believing that, you know, this, um, I don't know, 10x every day kind of vibe that was doing the rounds was going to carry on going forever or people who put it on credit. Um, so now, obviously, they're in, in not even in the hole. They're like, you know, sub levels under the water or something. They're, they're probably never coming back. Um, so I can understand yeah. if you, that's what you're seeing, why people are getting scared and are then just coming out to fear, I suppose. Yeah, because that's the concerning thing uh, if you're into cryptocurrency in general and that before when we've seen something like Bitcoin and Ethereum Litecoin drop, some of the other altcoins have kind of gone up as well because it's pretty clear people are putting money into them. But this seems to be a like just taking the money out <laughs> yeah. completely. But it's, it's not even just cryptocurrency. Yeah. Like the Dow Jones is down, the S and P is down, like everything. It's just like it's like money's just disappearing yeah. all of a sudden. Yeah, I mean, and there was me hoping that 
people would treat uh, Bitcoin and co as a hedge against, you know, the impending crash that's coming from one thing, actually getting into it. I'm now looking at general financial markets a lot more, but we're, we're more than due a crash by all accounts in the stocks and, you know, the down the SP and all that. Um, so I was hoping yeah. that people would then treat cryptocurrencies as a hedge against that, would take their money, stick it in crypto and, you know, see how the crash. But it seems that people are spooked. They're scared. And well, it, it, the trouble is, if it's in an altcoin, it's not very liquid. Yeah. If you've got it stuck in an altcoin, it's hard to get that out into, you know, recognized fiat cash. So I assume people have sold alts and are back in Bitcoin or Ethereum because, let's say, you're on Coinbase, as, you know, a lot of people are. It's then that, you know, one, one less step, as it were, to get your money back out into, into the real world. Yeah. So, yeah. Absolutely. So I, I don't know. I don't know when it's going to end or turn around. But how how are you feeling? Is it making you bearish, bullish? How are you feeling about it? So yeah. So I'm. I'm it made me nervous. I'm not going to lie. So um, so I've actually <clears throat> I've actually come around more to the thinking of traders. So whereas before I was very much when I first got into space, I kind of. The term is hodl, isn't yeah. it? Hold on yeah. for dear life. Um, although it didn't start like that, it was a joke. But um, um, now I'm thinking actually that's not the way to do it. Because yeah. um, like when thinking about it, just pure math wise, yeah. when I first found out about cryptocurrency and Bitcoin and Coinbase, it was September. Okay. So so I think I bought my first parts of Bitcoin. So my Satoshi's. In September, it was running just over three thousand pounds. Okay. Right? Let's just say, for math's sake, I invest a pound. Yes, that's a pound. Yes. Yeah. So I invest a pound. It then obviously flew up in December, November, October, November, December, and it, it peaked around twenty thousand dollars, which is approximately seventeen, eighteen thousand pounds. Okay. But say, say I missed the absolute top because that's you know likely. Say when it was about fifteen thousand pounds, mm. so it's gone from three thousand pounds to fifteen thousand pounds. So my pound is worth five times the amount it yeah. was. So I've now essentially got five pounds yeah. in there. Now I chose just to hold on to it, okay. but if I had taken, even I'd just taken a pound back yeah. then, the equivalent of a pound, I've covered my stake. Mm. Everything I make from then on is pure profit. Yeah. Even if I do an appalling job, even if Bitcoin goes down to a penny, <laughs> like it's still be a penny of profit because I've covered my stake. Yeah. Uh, I think the more I look at it and the more I begin to try and understand the trading world, that does seem the right way of doing it. Like just trying to identify the lows and highs. And uh, yeah, I think with cryptocurrency especially, I'd, I'd be a mate. What I'm, what I'm surprised about is there aren't more people who trade or learnt skills of trading normally haven't come into the cryptocurrency world because to quote Game of Thrones and Peter Baelish, like, it, you know, volatility essentially is chaos is a ladder. Yeah. And you can use that volatility. The swings are so big that if you know what you're doing, you can just get in and out and make lots of money, I imagine. I very strongly suspect yeah. that a lot of people who know what they're doing are very quietly have been doing that. That's what I reckon. Do you know what? I think you're probably right, actually. You're probably very right. I've got 
I've got an alleged story because I don't feel like I can really share like the f- yeah. So I've I've heard yeah, of don't get anyone arrested or anything. Like that. <laughs> I've I've allegedly heard of a trader yeah. and who was uh, vehemently anti Bitcoin. Um, and every time it's been brought up with him, has been don't trade in it, don't invest. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Suddenly, about three or four weeks ago, he suddenly just when it was brought up said if it drops to eight thousand dollars or below i'm getting in and it was like wait what <laughs> <laughs> and uh looking at the prices today that that was you know anyone who did that um that was that was like what people thought the bottom was going to be roughly i think mm. it seemed to down to about eight thousand dollars about five i think it was about five thousand eight hundred pounds and it seemed to bounce a little bit and then it kind of just went sideways for a bit didn't yeah. it um, yeah. and then today it suddenly dipped again um, and <clears throat> I mean I don't know how much is tied up with the other you know there's a lot of other stuff going on isn't there the, um, there's obviously the stuff to do with Tether oh so yeah I think that, probably, that, that seems to have an effect in America mm. and while we're in this period where as we've mentioned before Chinese New Year's happening so the Chinese market and the Asian market kind of goes a bit quieter so American market was kind of pushing things a bit, but this tether thing seems to have really spooked them. I mean, I don't know if you know much about that. I know, I know. I think they're getting investigated because tether were like claiming they had two point three billion <laughs> US dollars um, backing their their stake. Um, so they were so the coins on on all of the markets. And they're saying it, it's like parity with the US dollar, just to you know to increase liquidity on the on the market so people can trade. They kind of know where they're at. And then now um, the American authorities have gone and gone, well, show us the money. But by all accounts, this came out originally a few months back. Like the, they were served notice that they'd have to show the money a few months back. And so I have my theories about it. So I was, I was going to ask you, but it does seem, um, I'm not going to say coordinated, but they've been, a number of news stories that have come out. I mean, I'll, I'll give you an example today. Um, so my wife said to me, oh, I've heard that um, Lloyd's TSB are banning the purchase of Bitcoin. Yeah. Which isn't the whole story. The story is that they're saying you can't buy it on a credit card, which is, to my mind, quite a different thing. But it's very interesting, the yeah. kind of public narrative that's going on. Yeah, I, I, that is exactly that was something I wanted to bring up actually. Because my initial news point was going to be Facebook um, and Facebook have banned ads for uh, Bitcoin, cryptocurrencies, and ICOs. And the way that was reported and the way media report things is very, very negative. And that's a beautiful example because the Facebook thing, it was, you know, it was Facebook bans Bitcoin, mm. was the narrative. When actually, if you start looking at things a bit, if you take a step back a bit, it was only two weeks ago that uh, Mark Zuckerberg announced that he was looking at the blockchain technology to see if he can incorporate with Facebook. And it seems to me that actually he's just knocked out the competition in one fell swoop because he knew he could basically. <laughs> it was just like, if he's now got any plans with blockchain, the first thing you're going to do is just stop, try and stop the competitors, yeah. isn't it? It's like, I can just stop and advertise. Yeah, and, and there's that, that weird and, um, link, isn't there? Because the Winkle... Foss brothers, whoever they are, um, who were originally, yeah. you know, uh, as the founders of Facebook, 
are two of the largest holders of Bitcoin. So it's a small world, I guess. Yeah, I do wonder like how personal it is between those guys. Yeah. It seems to be like like some kind of ongoing rocky film with <laughs> the rivalry just going and going. Like despite the fact they're completely different feels now, they're like they look like they're squaring up for another fight. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean the other example I was gonna bring up was there's a tweet going round by a guy called Professor Steve Hanke. Okay. And he he basically said when he was asked in twenty thirteen, he tweeted this himself, he tweeted um, in 2013, I was asked about Bitcoin. Uh, uh, I assume he's some kind of investment advisor or financial advisor. And he said, like, I said it was too volatile. Don't get into it. I've now been proven right, basically. To put that in context, I went back and I looked at 2013. Um, the highest Bitcoin reached in 2013 was, I think, a touch under 700 pounds. Wow. So the, the low today is four thousand six hundred. So this guy, this guy has missed his massive high, and he's now trying to like claim some kind of amazing knowledge about it. That, is, that, that, that <laughs> like, has, yeah, that has absolutely been a feature of all these people coming out going, "Oh, it's only worth eight thousand pounds, or sorry, eight thousand dollars now." As though you know that's not a massive return. I still, I'm still backing it. That is my my personal. You know, opinion. I still think, come the end of the year, I would have got more than ten percent return. And if I've done that, then I've smashed the high street. Now, I actually, you know, I still have a hunch that I think it will be vastly higher than that. I'm still very bullish, as they say, very positive. But it's really very difficult when you're in the space and you're looking at, you know, like coin market cap or your block portfolio, whatever app yeah. you use, and you're just seeing red just slashing your fingers, your figures down. To actually remember that anywhere else, the kind of gains that I think you will you will get will um, beat what the high street is offering, and um, yeah, but it is it is quite um, different. I think we were massively spoiled by all greens. Um, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I think I mean I'm with you long term. I believe in this technology. I think. Um, yeah. So the two things that are beginning to change in my sentiment is I think the more we talk about it, despite the fact Bitcoin is the daddy and we've said that, you know, this, the other ones I read, some of the stuff that's coming out now, some of the newer coins, they're, they're really beginning to amp things up, I think. Yeah. They could potentially really go past Bitcoin in a hurry. I know the Lightning Network is about and Bitcoin is trying to solve some of its issues, but I mean, even... As we've like you've mentioned previously, Ethereum in itself is actually technologically quite a big step on from Bitcoin itself. Mm. You know, with the ability to build things on it. And uh, interestingly, I read today that um, they're looking at going from proof of work to proof of stake to try and solve some of their some of their scaling issues or scaling issues they think they'll uh, income like they'll encounter okay. which is really interesting itself it seems to be evolving and uh much more and so yeah so while i agree with you while i'm still going to back bitcoin um i wouldn't be surprised if by the end of the year one of the others has a, maybe not overtaken it but at least caught it ethereum's in the best position i think yeah that was um, that that flipping site you sent me wasn't it yeah so i mean look at the market cap right now even though it's really everything's really down and uh it's still i mean it's it's still 80 
Like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, nine, eighty billion. Jeez. Um, yeah. It's still eighty billion for Bitcoin and forty-four billion for Ethereum. So it's still quite a way behind. And after that, Ripple's eighteen billion, and then you're down to Litecoin, which is four billion. So, I mean, there's still big gaps there, basically. Big, big gaps. Yeah, it's, it's still it's still a way ahead. Um, yeah, I'm 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 increasingly thinking it's you know. Arnie to the T1000, though. I think um, you are going to get new tech. I, I'm, you know, very similar idea to yourself that you are going to get new tech, which is going to uh, uh, maybe, maybe overtake it, maybe not. I, I just think that a lot of people are getting a very negative first experience of crypto technology through Bitcoin, through you know, through the the period that we've we've gone through. Um, and I think I was very dismissive of Ripple. But I think they, they couldn't have had better marketing than the banks to now come in and go, you know what, this blockchain stuff's brilliant, but you can't trust it to amateurs. You can't trust it to people who don't know what they're doing, like Bitcoin. Look what's happened to the price. We're going to run it by our Ripple um, tokens. Um, and I think Ethereum's just going to run alongside that um, as kind of the coin that the um, the whole kind of ecosystem runs on. Apparently 40 coins. I'm not sure if this is correct. But 40 coins in the top 100 are built on Ethereum. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at that. I've got CoinGecko up here. So I know that's a slightly different way of doing the top 100. But You're going, you what's got... your CoinGecko on? So CoinGecko, looking down here, uh, we got... Yes, you've got... Yeah, I mean, you got to see a coin, I think. Is that? I don't know much about that. But yeah, looking at here, like, it look, looks like a lot of the ones that have come out ICOs that are. Yeah, and of course, the ICOs tend to use Ethereum, don't they? So, yeah, they do. They do tend they to build on them. So, uh, yeah, that would not surprise me in the least if that is 100% true, if I'm honest. And then, yeah. But, yeah. Um, but as I always say, you could always see Bitcoin retaining that luster, that kind of digital gold idea and people just investing in it um absolutely man absolutely i think i sent you a link today actually didn't know that someone's invented a watch uh, a timer called and it's on a website called www.flippening yeah double watch and it's literally ethereum versus bitcoin and try to try to see if um ethereum's going to go past it really we shall, but, uh, we shall see. I mean, you look at so look at so I've got that website of here, and it, like it's got the percentages. So the market cap, Ethereum is own is fifty six percent of the same market cap as Bitcoin. Uh, trading volume, it's forty four point five percent of Bitcoin, and Google Trends, it is a very low twelve point eight percent. Okay, so it's still miles so, behind. It is quite far behind still, yeah. Um, there are other areas like transactions. It is three about is over three times now as many transactions on Ethereum than uh, Bitcoin. But then, as you said, if so many of the top 100 are actually tokens based on the Ethereum system, then that is not a massive surprise. Yeah. Um, although the interesting one for me is they've now got double the amount of nodes Bitcoin, which, which I think says something about. Who, what which coins being adopted more by the the people on the ground actually doing all the grunt work so to speak. yeah the mining and such yeah, yeah. it looks like it, it set itself up um for the long term quite well actually then um things we've touched on it do you want to t tell me 
and tell all of us then a bit about proof of stake and um, proof of work. Absolutely. So uh, I don't know if you guys listened last week, and if you didn't, feel free to download it and listen. Um, last week we talked about mining. Uh, mining is, of course, the process. Uh, so miners do. I mean, they have multiple jobs, but the two that uh, I'm going to sum up here. Um, is that they confirm legitimate transactions and they create new coins. So it's the confirming legitimate transactions bit that I am concerned with. And um, the example we used was called proof of work. It's the one that uh, Bitcoin and quite a lot of the uh, coins uh, still use. Um, the newer concept is called proof of stake. Uh, the reason <coughs> proof of stake is being being brought forward or brought into play by newer coins and um, Ethereum is thinking of switching is because of things like the energy requirements for Bitcoin. So Bitcoin requires a lot of energy and um, because you've got miners competing um, to essentially add a new block uh, and get the reward for adding a new block, it means and the way that Bitcoin's built with every X amount of transactions are reward halves and it's harder to actually mine a block. It means that they're increasingly using increasing amounts of energy. And I'm sure another time we can talk about some of the very uh, quite in ingenious ways people are getting around that. Yeah. But um, for, yeah, for this part period here, proof to that is known as proof of work, proof of stake. So the way they're trying to do that is um, a different way to validate the transactions. Um, so basically, uh, all the users can voluntarily join what is called a validator pool. Um, so it's actually done, the, it's, the mining is done against how many coins you have. Um, so if I had 3% of the coins, um, I would be allowed to mine for an extra 3% essentially. <clears throat> and um, then there's no the rewards aren't the same as in Bitcoin there's no like guaranteed well there's a guaranteed reward but there's no like set amount what you actually get is you get the transaction fees and the way you are chosen is there's a couple of different ways that, that is the bit that seems to be being explored but the, the first the way that was initially used by people to probe state was essentially random if you voluntarily use this uh, join this volunt validator pool uh, you could get randomly picked um, to be the person uh, doing the work um, or you know the, your computer doing the work and then get the transaction fees as your award um, so the reason it's called proof of stake is you essentially put your coins up as the stake and that is because as we talked about last week with the mining uh, one of the things the miners did um, was you know uh, get rid of all the attempted for fraudulent claims and the fake bits this way it's also done that way you are incentivized to make sure it's legitimate because if you um, add a block that is illegitimate not only is it rejected, but you lose your coins as well, which is okay. why it's called proof of stake, because you are staking your coins on this new block, basically. Excellent. Okay. And that is that is as far as I understood it. I think there is a lot more to learn in that area. I don't know if you've got anything uh, to add. I mean, the, the, the only things that I was um, trying to understand it as being, I say, so um, it's confirming transactions 
um, either through the work that's done or um, through the amount that's staked in. The, the idea that I guess I came at was actually a proper way to evaluate, um, or sorry, to value the price of a coin. So um, I think uh, like a long time ago, I read someone said that Bitcoin was the proper price of a Bitcoin if you were to pay, um, let's say, a coder and their accommodation and the cost of the electricity, that would be, I think, about $3,000 per coin. So, so that, that's, the, that's the actual kind of the cost, like, you know, the oper I think it's opportunity cost. So the, if you were going to use that money to employ that to do something else, it would be about $3,000. And so the, the whole proof of stake idea, Satoshi's like original idea is how do you like convert um, energy or work into um, the coin itself? So that's that's where the value of it comes from. It's the fact that someone actually worked and actually mined it. Ah. And, that, and that's yeah. that's like his that was his, his whole big, you know, that 10 page document. That's his whole big vision. It's like it, someone's actually done something to put the value into the coin. I actually think a bit of a problem with with the ICOs um, and maybe why we're kind of in this this situation is I don't see the mining that's gone on with a lot of the ICOs. And what you have is a flood of coins and a flood of value which comes out onto the market. Whereas I think why Bitcoin has been so resilient is because it's been going for years. And people kind of don't recognise this. Um, it has been being mined for years, if that makes sense. People have actually been putting in time, money, you know, paying for electricity and buying the uh, graphics cards or whatever to actually make it. And I think that's something else which I think will probably stand it in good stead. But I guess that's like a flip side to proof of work. It's actually proof that someone has done something in a way that an ICO for, do you see that Theresa May coin? Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm not convinced that that has been you know mined and produced in in quite the same way. So it doesn't have that that real world value um, to it. But yeah, that was that was my thinking about mining. But I think your as always your explanation is is very clear. Um, do you know much about master nodes? I don't know a huge amount. Okay. No. Maybe that could be our one for for next week. We'll try and work out about masternodes because it it seems to be that um, those people who are really who've gone quite deep into it have, as it were, managed to not um, not hedge really, but soften the blow by still being involved in masternodes um, and staying in the crypto space. Okay. Um, any big news items other than the absolute crash of um, <laughs> of the crypto market? I mean, the other one that I thought was interesting was Samsung announced that they are going into crypto mining. I think that is so interesting. I think that is a is. big deal, isn't it? Yeah. It kind of got, like, overshadowed by everything else, but because they kind of mentioned it quite casually as well. Oh, yeah, it's mine stuff. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, bye. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Um, uh, yeah, and you know, and I'm, you know, don't want to harp on about this, but when I got into this, there were fewer reasons why it was going to be successful than there are now. 
that that, yeah. that that's the that's the that's you know why I really think it's been quite coordinated. Like you say, Samsung are now saying, "Well, yeah, we're going to compete with is it ASIC." Is, yeah, I think or I can't remember the company who who make mining GPUs. Um, yeah, but yeah, tell, yeah, tell me more. Tell me more about other, that. Yeah, yeah so it, it came out that so AMD and Nvidia have been done really well out of Bitcoin because it turned out that there's they didn't realize this, but they were making. GPUs and CPUs that were really good for mining. So they've kind of come out of it very well. But it turns out recently, Samsung, who are also in the chip world these days, have actually gone past them in terms of supplying chips for Bitcoin. So the fact that they've gone now announced they're going to go into mining rigs and make mining rigs, it kind of, I guess, for them, kind of completes a circle where they're becoming the one-stop shop to... <clears throat> to get the equipment to do to do the mining, basically. That is pretty cool. Um, that is pretty cool. Actually, I'm way bigger than I realised. Started looking into them. Like worldwide, they've had the biggest share in um, mobile phones for like the last three years. Really? So it's, is that yeah. is this just a very Western um, idea of seeing mobile phones as being Apple phones and not really looking beyond that? I think so, man. Yeah. They've got like twenty-two percent, which is that's huge. Yeah. Big. yeah, I think like Apple roughly knocking about eighteen percent-ish. Okay, well done, Samsung. I did not, I did not know that. Um, I know because I, I remember. I distinctly remember. Not it wasn't that long ago where people were talking about Samsung as second place and they're really going for it, but it never seemed like anyone followed up the story because they must have overtaken must, must have at number one. <laughs> Um, and now they are branching out into mining for, for Bitcoin. Um, it makes me wonder. I think there's a lot of companies now which feel like, to me, like they're, 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 having a, they're dipping a toe in, if you know what mm. I mean. They're having a look. They're having a look. They're like, okay, so what's this? This is, this is a market that blew up last year and it, it's, you know, Bitcoin itself has been around a while. So let, let's have a look. Let's dip a toe in. There's something here, we'll go with it. If not, then we can back out. It's no big deal to us. Yeah. Um, and Samsung are very cleverly recognising, because the market's huge, apparently. Um, and there's been great fights between uh, guys who want to use those graphic cards to make virtual reality and guys who want to use those graphic cards to mine. So that's oh, pushed, really? yeah, that's pushed the price up, basically, because these are the top-line graphics cards. If you want to do VR, you need them. If you want to mine, you need them. Um, so yeah, maybe they're thinking there's obvious demand, and they can conserve serve both sides really. Ooh, that'd be an interesting one. What is what? What would you prefer, blockchain technology or VR technology to take over? Um, I've I've tried VR. I tried it a few years ago. At a um, uh, down in. Down in London, actually, at this educational conference, um, like an educational expo, basically, showing all new kind of tech and ideas. Um, and I, what I will say is it is, um, it's incredible. It is, it is if, you, if you've not tried it, it is, it is really, really, you know, it's the you know, lawnmower, man. It is, it is that, that kind of level of immersion. The, the only thing with it is... Um, it's going to need really good content and producing good content 
it's quite difficult full stop you know like it, it's taken let's say i don't know taken netflix ages to get it right took hbo ages to get it right you're gonna have to get vr content up to that level and that's going to take quite a while to do whereas blockchain is just going to basically copy um the same products and services that already exist so i think it'll probably do it quicker but i mean vr is i was i was really really impressed i was surprised by how impressed i was actually like i, I thought it'd be rubbish but it, you're like you're flying over new york and you generally are feeling you know like you're flying over new york you're you're next to this tiger and you're a little bit afraid of the fact that this tiger's going to eat you it's it was really really impressive but in terms of doing it for content yeah it will be great when it when it comes eventually but it's um i think it will have a bit of a steeper steeper um introduction than bitcoin which is going to I think, or not Bitcoin, sorry, just blockchain, which I think is going to come in quite hard and fast. Yeah. So how how do you think it's going to arrive? Because I've seen a few things uh, talking about the killer app, you know, the killer thing that hooks people. I've never actually thought of it in that way. I always thought that blockchain would come into society in the same way that cloud tech came into society, where you kind of turn around and suddenly everyone's all the big corporations are using it. Um, I'll tell you honestly, um, well, I'll give away number one, what is my, my, um, my coin of the week, which is Luna, um, which is, has been my experience of actually spending Ethereum on online, but it's going to come through, um, through individual, real world uses um and as always at the cutting edge of technology is the porn industry and uh <laughs> have you heard of spank coin i have heard of spank yeah. Coin, yeah that is i think going to be one of the first um real world uses of it and then it will be used people will be will be used to using it and i think you'll find individual people who have a direct kind of use like you know the internet came out and then we now just think of the internet it's like you know it's beyond like two it's just like part of life but originally all that there were were websites so you'd go on amazon or you'd go on or what else do you go on yahoo or you go on ask jeeves or you go on you know those those early kind of things yeah he's still going but you know what i mean you just went to particular yeah. places i think what it is is you will find particular specific uses for the individual tokens and it'll just be well you could do that because it'll probably it'll all be done through apps as well you could go on an app and go through the normal channel or you could go on an app and just do it through blockchain i think it's going to be like everywhere but not really noticed as opposed to really very obvious i think people just be like yeah and once you've done it a few times, like, have you obviously you've been transferring to wallets? At first, it was really like, oh, my God, I'm going to lose all my money. Just like the first time you bought something on Amazon, you were like, oh, my God, I'm putting in my card details. But once you do it a few yeah. times, it's actually just becomes very normal. So, yeah, that's kind of what I think is going to happen with it. How do you how do you think it will 
it will um you know become a part of life or yeah i think that's a good way of putting it to be honest i think yeah i do think it's something this whole concept of a killer app to me sounded a bit bizarre given the technology mm. um and you know something like ethereum and there's a number of other platforms now that are making essentially a platform for other things to build on um i suppose something could come out of that which is really popular or something but much more likely i think is that as you said you're just going to have kind of this slow kind of building not necessarily that slow kind of build in the background like different um companies start to use it and uh different in different ways and then it you know before you know it, it's kind of suddenly there um very, very much like how the internet was kind of suddenly there like if you know what yeah. i mean and um, people just yeah they said amazon's a great example of all of this really like the first time i mean my dad still won't buy it for amazon he doesn't want it same as my mom he generally doesn't think it's safe (laughs) (laughs) i'm like you know they are they are the number one customer service you know you could you say oh i didn't get my book they go fine refund the money or do another book they are do you know what i mean it's as safe as anyone you can buy something from but yeah if, if you're of a generation then the idea of putting your card details on a computer so it knows my card details yeah would be yeah is a uh, something that's not gonna happen but yeah it's it'll be interesting to see i, I thought maybe someone might make a game so on but I, yeah i agree i don't think thinking about a killer app is the thing it might you know the killer app might actually be uh, what we spoke about last week robin hood it might just be an exchange yeah, maybe. that people have in their pocket and then and, and again, that's another reason why I think oh, there's a huge amount of money that's about to flood into the space once that million million people signed up to, you know, use the Robin Hood app and buy crypto. So I think there's huge amounts of money coming back. But um, yeah, I think that's how it will eventually hit society. Um, and then the, the longer term impacts of that it will, will depend on just when people start doing crazy things with blockchain as opposed to it just replicating whatever is going on at the moment when people start yeah. you know really using all that computational power and like uh, some some of the companies are thinking about trying to run ai and then using all of all of that decentralized networks as for the computational power but also for like the ideas and all of this to run ai on it um, and when you start getting that that's when it's really going to start skynet territory really i was gonna say i was actually going to mention that is this what we're saying we're saying a blockchain is ushering in skynet Absolutely. we're actually just talking about we're the last podcast ever well who can say who can say but yeah um Absolutely. we're gonna have to be careful so, off the, yeah sorry off the back of that um this is why the eos token or platform is really interesting to me because they they seem to be trying to build a massive network as in like network solution so they're not just trying to build something that other people can build on in the way that ethereum is or some of the other coins they seem to be actually trying to put together some kind of blockchain version of a massive <laughs> online network that 
as equivalent to data centers and servers uh, with switches and firewalls okay. and stuff. Um, yeah, so I find it a really interesting project, but I mean, the scale of it, I think we've mentioned this a few times, the scale of it is incredible. Fast, ambitious. You know, if they pull it off, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's very ambitious, but if they pull it off, it will be incredible. But yes, yeah, not the first time we've said that, I feel. Yeah, and, and it'll be when that hits uh, that people will just be like, what the hell is, you know, going on in the world? Um, and I, I feel blockchain is absolutely part of there's so much sci-fi tech, which is, I think, very, very soon going to be just standard and real. I mean, uh, some people probably say that, you know, your mobile phone is actually sci-fi tech that's now just standard and real. And um, yeah. it will be very interesting how people kind of cope with that. I also think to an extent that's kind of driven some of the, the FUD, you know, the negative backlash to Bitcoin. It's a bit yeah. unsettling for people, the idea that, so there's this digital money and people have kind of made money out of thin air and now they're millionaires. I think, I think there's some aspects of that in it as well, um, which is either a surprise me, I guess, but then the more that I thought about it, the more that I could kind of, kind of understand it. People are quite emotional about it. Quite, um, and that's people who don't even own it are quite emotional about it. And so, yeah. Yeah, they are actually, aren't they? I mean, I think we've mentioned a few times we've been surprised that I always assumed that the trading world, whether it be cryptocurrency or normal trading, was full of people who are quite emotionless. It's all done in a very hard line and understanding formulas, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm. It really is. It's like the most traumatic thing you'll ever see. Yeah. It's like going to a play and just watching it collapse <laughs> and people who are just hyper isn't it people who are just it's, it's those hyper people you're actually right you're absolutely right it's not the chilled calm people it's the people who are hyper and like you know buy buy sell sell kind of people who are in the space um yeah but they some of them obviously are doing are doing okay they've they've read this this dip but it all looks to me like sale prices. I'm, I'm, I only am upset that I haven't got more to put in. There are loads of tokens which I was like, oh, well, I, I thought I'd never be able to get that at a decent price. And now, if I had the cash, I'd be like, that is looking very juicy right there. Yeah, um, yeah. and we'll, we'll probably look back on this as a great time to have got in. So if anyone gets in now, I, I, I think you're doing very well for yourself. Um, as a suggestion, do you have a coin that they could potentially get in at? I do indeed. So my my guest of the week is called um, Omisgo. Mm -hmm. um, shorthand is OMG. And um, so the reason I picked this is uh, I found out a few uh, pertinent facts of late, one of which is that there are surprising a number of people in the world who don't actually have access to normal banking mm. uh, facilities. Um, the majority of which, about 73% of which are in Southeast Asia. Okay. And that makes up 483 million people. Yeah. So uh, what appears to happen is they essentially go, so they, for some reason they can all have mobile phones. They've all got mobile phones mm. and they, they go to their, corner shop and then they load up 
they're they're phoned with money essentially and then they use it around the place mm. and so this is companies like western union and MoneyGram. this is the kind of where they get a lot of their stuff going on okay. of course a lot of those types of companies don't interact with each other you can't you know if you get a load of money on your phone through the whatever the equivalent of western union is you can't then go to MoneyGram. And yeah transfer it without without big penalties at least if if it's possible at all yeah. and so there's a big space here for blockchain technology to come in um to link everything together or to create its own solution through uh, some kind of token or coin and this is where omisco has come out of basically um, so it's creating, it's actively trying to create an e-wallet for mobile phones for this reason. Um, and it's, uh, it's, it's already seems to be doing quite well. I mean, for instance, it's got, apparently it's being used in Thailand in McDonald's. They've got like 240 McDonald's in Thailand already using it. Okay, using that's it. brilliant. It is, and it's got a partnership, it seems, with the Central Bank of Thailand as well. So, um, so I thought, I've had, I mean, I think we're going to do a separate bit on China and Asia in general, but I've always had the thought that the Western coins are quite relatively well um, sold and uh, people know about them. There's quite a lot of information about them. I always thought if you could get a coin in Asia that was the coin coming from there, that it, it would probably it'd be got to be one of the ones that is more likely to skyrocket because um, there's so many potential use cases for it and uses out in that part, those parts of the world. So, yeah, so my guess of the week is uh, Omisco. I think that is an excellent guess. And I actually, I really like that last point about um, population and just yeah. the concentration in that part of the world. If you, I mean, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. The, the Western coins are, are taking the lead, but... If you're going to get a coin that's being used and transacted with by more people, then that's going to have massive potential growth going on. All right, I will look into that. I must go. That looks pretty cool. Um, my coin uh, was is a coin called Luna, um, spelled L-U-N-Y-R. Um, it is basically Wikipedia, but it pays you for. Um, writing an article that's that's pretty much how it works so whereby wikipedia is you know obviously free you upload an article and people review it and improve on it um luna is the same but it pays you in luna tokens um for uploading your article or um reviewing the work of other people but the real real kind of lift on it is they're then going to take all of those articles and use them as the basis to build uh, AI. Um, yeah. yeah, so potentially like with AI apps or any, well, who knows what AI will end up doing, but I thought that seemed to be actually really quite cool. So that would be my guess of the week would be the Luna app. Cool, man. Sounds good. Yeah, yeah. Sounds, yeah. Um, okay. Um we said it was going to be half an hour, but it has ran over a bit. So thank you for, for listening uh, again this week. Um, same time next week, Kez. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay. Uh, take care and I will speak to you soon. Yeah, that's all right. 
Well, that wraps up another episode of Doing Bits. As always, if you have any interest you'd like us to look at, any coins you want us to evaluate, or anything you'd like to see us cover, then just get in touch and we'll see what we can do. If you want to follow us and receive what we think are the top tweets of the week, then the address is twitter.com doingbits99. That's twitter.com forward slash doingbits99. And you should be able to find this podcast on Anchor, iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, I believe. So get subscribing and then all of this will just come to you. Thanks once again for listening and see you on the other side.